We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome, everybody, to Suck It. I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck are you doing today on this Friday, January 29th of the year that is 2021? Whew. The week is over. The week is over. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, I enjoy my Fridays because now I get to look forward to the weekend of more work. Because <laughs> it never stops on this show, unfortunately. Record 10 episodes a week and book on the weekends and every other day and drive myself batshit insane. And while I'm driving myself insane, I come on the show and talk about how to relieve mental health. But yet, I... Drive myself crazy with doing the stuff that I do. Isn't that just fun? That's exactly what we do here, is have fun. And continuing on with um, our theme of this week um, of mind, body, and soul, getting back into, again, that groove of focusing more on mental health um, than I had been in the past and focusing more on just, you know, the other issues that I, I do talk about on the show because, again, for four months, I talked to nothing but bands and, you know, actors and comedians. Didn't talk to any real, you know, survivors or, you know, anybody that really had any influence or um, experience with the whole mental health stuff. And it, it kind of lost sight. So this week was all about reintroducing that and bringing it back. And I told you going forward, it's going to be more diverse. It's going to have a little bit of everything on a weekly basis, not just one style or one type and try to keep it changing and going on a weekly basis and that doesn't change again for tonight because tonight i have an author on the show that wrote a book called what to expect when you're having expectations um a book about just expectations and getting upset when you don't have your needs met um very interesting read um, very interesting person and we're going to have a lot of fun and a lot of talk about this subject and more with our guest tonight, Mr. Ben Winter. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. Um, thanks for reaching out. I, you know, I, I always love to talk to, uh, you know, interesting and, you know, different types of guests. And you definitely fit that bill. So, I'm um, glad I can. <laughs> hey, no problem. So um, why don't you tell everybody uh, who you are, what you do, and um, what the idea behind the book was. Yeah, so as you've said, Ben Winter, and uh, I own a company called Success Improv where I teach team building using the tools and techniques of improv. And throughout that process, I've kind of learned that through one of the rules of improv, there's this thing called expectations that we have. And it was kind of an interesting find in that uh, when I was working through it, I realized that nobody gets upset unless an expectation hadn't been met. And so I was like, that's a really cool saying, but what the hell do I do with it? And that's when I kind of came up with this kind of cool flow chart that's in the book and um, kind of working through that upset moment. And then I was like, well, if I've got the, the quote, the flow chart, I may as well write a book. So the book came out after all the other stuff was put in place. <laughs> so you're, you're in a roundabout way, you're kind of like a life coach type person. Kind of. Uh, I have been asked in the past, like, hey, do you do personal one-on-one -on -one coaching? The answer is yes. However, most people don't want to pay the price that I charge. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But most of the time I'm doing group team building training for companies. Obviously not so much during the pandemic. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously. Um, so what exactly, you know, do companies come to you for, you know, as far as this, is it like a team building thing? I mean, what exactly are, is the, the purpose that a, a company would come to you for? So a lot of it's team building because most people associate having fun with team building. Um, and so improv is fun. However, it works for improving the company culture. It improves sales. It, it, 
the, the reality is we improvise every moment of every day of our lives. And what most people don't realize is that if you take an actual stage improv class, the rules that you learn for stage improv apply to life in general. And if everybody in the company is following those same set of rules, everybody just moves better, communicates better, produces more, and everybody's just having more fun. And if I've been in corporate America and it's definitely more enjoyable, enjoyable to show up if you're having fun. So why not make truth. a better environment? Yeah, that yeah. that is the the um, the truth behind it all. I mean, if you're going to work every day and you're just unhappy, I mean, you're 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 at a job, you're not at a career, um, and you've got to make sure that you're you know having fun with it. I mean, especially in corporate America. I mean, because God, I mean, I'm so glad I don't have to worry about corporate America anymore. Well, I kind of do, but in a roundabout way. But you know. <laughs> Cause I got to deal with sponsors and regulations and shit like that, but I don't have to worry about, you know, you know, reporting to a boss anymore, thankfully. But, um, exactly. the, the ideas of improv applying to everyday life. Let's talk about that for a second. Cause that's actually pretty interesting. I've never thought about it like that. Cause I mean, I know improv, I've taken improv classes. I've, you know, I've done improv and stuff like that before, but, how do those principles apply to everyday life for, for someone that doesn't know what those principles are? Yeah. So, I mean, if you ask most people, if they know any rules of improv, the first one that's going to come to their mind, if they've heard any at all is um, don't deny or yes. And I'm sorry. Yes. And is the, the most common one that people know. Yeah. And if you've ever taken an improv class, that's like either number one or number two on the list. Right. Um, and, and my so my first book is Living Unscripted, which pretty much talks about this. But um, my number one rule is don't deny. But second rule is yes and. So I'm going to stick with yes and for right now to answer your question. So yes and really comes down to accepting what is and adding to it. And in everyday life, you know, sometimes we're like, oh, I don't have money in my bank account. And so now I'm, you know, pissed off. I'm denying it. Like, no, there should be money there, but Hey, you spent it on pizza last week. So you don't. Um, and it's just really, okay. I don't have money in my bank account. Now, what do I do? Do I go out and get a side hustle? Do I beg on the street? Like, what do I do to put more money in that bank account? And it, that yes. And rule really applies to everyday life because how many times a day are we like in denial about what's going on or, you know, watching the news and we're in denial. You know, it's just one of those things where you're like, okay, this is what is, this is what's happening. What can I do about it? Or what can I do for myself about it? And a lot of times all we can do is kind of change the way that we react to a situation more than change the situation. Now, sometimes we can change a situation by reacting differently to it, but that's where those kind of rules of improv come in. If you see two people walk up on stage and one of them says, hi, mom, the other one has to accept that they're now mom and they have to add to the scene because if they deny that they're mom, everybody is kind of like thrown off. The audience doesn't care about the scene anymore. It doesn't become believable. Whereas when they embrace the mom factor, then it just becomes funny and entertaining. So if life is fun and entertaining, isn't it more fun to live? Just just a thought. So, yeah, Um that actually does make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Um, Cause yeah, the yes. And is definitely, you know, was the number one lesson that, you know, we learned in our class um, because, because I guess, you know, applying that to the real world, you know, could help alleviate a lot of that, that stress and a lot of those, you know, things and building on that team mentality. I, I can really see how that, that works. And that's really interesting. Was that something that you came up with on your own? Or was it another ideal that you kind of spun into your own idea? It was kind of a combination of personal growth, owning a business and doing improv. And it sort of all came together in 2015 for me. Now there's other people out there teaching improv and businesses and other stuff like that. And for everyday life, uh, my approach really comes down to let's teach you in a, in a form of basically learning stage improv, but then also applying it during that training to everyday life. You know, like one of the rules is focus on the present. Um, and Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now is like an entire book dedicated to just being in the present. And 
it's it's magical what happens if you just stay in the moment like as we're doing this interview if either one of us is thinking about all the stuff we have to do this weekend we're not going to be present for this conversation and you might ask something and i'll be like uh how many loads of laundry do i have to do? oh wait you asked a question what you know and then it's just not a natural conversation it's not fun to watch it's not enjoyable for anyone and so i have to be focused here and now you as the um person doing the interview has to be here and now to you know because i might say something where you're like i want to dive into that yeah and focusing on the present is so huge on stage improv but when you practice it in everyday life your days are just so much easier because most of the time that we're freaking out mentally is because we're thinking about something that might happen in the future probably won't but might and so there's a lot of peace with being in the now focusing on the present so you actually do improv improv. Yeah, I've been with a group called the Rodents of Unusual Size for about a decade now. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. I can imagine. Um, <laughs> I've, I've never been great at improv. I mean, because I'm, I'm a stand-up comic, and sometimes it doesn't always translate, um, you know, because I, I, I'm constantly thinking about just other types of, as you guys are talking, or as if you're, you're talking right now, the, the wheels are spinning. It's okay, how can I just take what he just said and turn it into a joke? And it's just a constant joke, 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 joke in my head. And it's like, oh, it's my turn to talk. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my improv class, they, they were like, if you try to do the, the one-liner at the end, you're going to just screw up everybody. So, exactly. So, I'm, yeah, stand-up comedians have a hard time with improv. Yeah, and, and but there's some that can do it flawlessly. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, others that – yeah, that's not me. I, I'm, too, I'm too busy thinking about the one-liner. Um, I like it. And with, when I'm doing this, I'm, like, I'm actively listening um, to find, A, the next topic – you know, like you said, to dive into something else or to make a joke to segue into something else. Um, but yeah, the act of listening is, is, a, is key, you know, not just in interviews and not just at work, but in relationships too. I mean, far too often are we sitting there saying, yes, dear, yes, dear, yes, dear. <laughs> and, and then she goes, then 10 minutes later, did you do what I asked? Well, what'd you ask? <laughs> when did you ask it? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like like last night my uh, my girlfriend was upstairs cleaning our um, the kids' bathroom, and uh, she had a wet towel that she threw down, and she goes, "Hey, can you throw this into the washer, or throw this into the basket? You know that you're getting ready to take down to the washer." And I said, "Sure, no problem." Now I didn't realize it was wet. All I heard was, "Hey, throw that towel in the so it's just sitting on the towel floor, wet, whatever." And I don't think I'm, I'm like I'm gonna go down there in like ten minutes. Let me just finish doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna head down. She comes downstairs like three minutes later. Thanks for doing what I asked. It's like I didn't realize there was more to this conversation. <laughs> and you know that happens again in life. Could we make that assumptions? We think about something else. We're not focused on the other thing that the other person's talking about. And in improv and in interviewing, uh, you know, talk radio, talk shows, whatever, you have to have that active listening. And that, that's a, that's actually. That's interesting about applying it to everyday life, huh? Yeah, and I that's hilarious that you talked about the the towel and the the girlfriend or the wife asking uh, the the partner to do something um, because in the book that I talk specifically like, hey, honey, take out the trash, but in this case it's like, hey, throw the towel in the in the wash. But did she specify why, when? you know, like, Hey, it's wet. I don't want it sitting on the floor. It needs to happen now. She never specified that she didn't provide that in detail of information at the same time. You didn't ask like, what's your time frame? You know, there's a lot of times we assume, and we have, we have expectations of other people to do it based on what's inside our head, even though we didn't communicate it. And so oftentimes we're getting upset at somebody without even telling them our exp our expectation and like, that's one of those first things is like, did you even communicate? Did you even know you had that expectation? Did you share it with anyone? You know, and, and so oftentimes it's not even a, a reasonable, a reasonable thing to be upset because we didn't even know we had the expectation until it went unmet and then we never shared it. And so like in that scenario, it's kind of silly for her to be upset when she didn't say like, I need this in the wash now because it's wet. You know, that would have been like, oh, yeah, I don't want a wet towel sitting on my floor either. So let me go grab it. Yeah. It's communication. 
and I like how you spun that to the the topic of the book. <laughs> um, well, it's it's actually in both books, so I was just like, <laughs> hey, it's right there. Yeah, no, that um, that's actually a, a good point too, um, because we could both be actively listening. We could be both having this amazing conversation, but if we're not setting clear expectations for each other, then the it's null and void. It's completely moot. Sometimes, I mean, it, it it'll create interesting dialogue later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> absolutely. Um, a s- similar situation, you know, that happened about a week ago. Um, a shirt was, you know, she said, "Hey, I'm going to order you this shirt. It's really cool." Okay, cool. She never mentioned that she was that she actually did order it, or even tell me what it was. And then it came in the mail, and I'm like, "What is this?" And she goes, "I told you about this last week." I'm like, "You told me, but you didn't tell me you ordered it. You didn't even tell me what it was. I showed you a picture. No, you didn't." <laughs> Um, and it's, it's those stupid little things like, yeah, that's damn, that's yeah, actually they're, pretty, they're the uh, most minor things, but they all add up at the end. No, so really. It's, yeah. It's crazy. It, it's amazing how you can apply that to, you know, to a lot of different situations. It's just like, damn, that, that makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah. That's, it's amazing what we'll get upset about when, you know, and I would say most of the time, probably 80% of the time, if not more, we didn't even know we had the expectation to begin with. And that's where I, I kind of thrive in this situation. I'm like, by all means, get upset, but take a moment when you get upset and start thinking about it and just say like, did I know I had an expectation? Mm-hmm. Did I share that expectation? Is it reasonable? Did we have a conversation? Like all those various things that, that can go on. Because at some point you're going to stop yourself and say, yeah, I was responsible for not communicating or sharing or even knowing that I had it. So, Yeah, because one of the things that I, I remember quite frequently in the business world um, as a store manager for you know large grocery chains and store manager for the world's largest retailer, you know, um, we would constantly get shit on by our bosses for not doing something. And it was like, well, did you ask me to do that? The expectations there. But yeah, but the thing about it is how, you know, how well did you communicate that expectation? Or you've been doing this long enough, you should know how to do this by now. And it's like, okay, well, their expectation is that you should remember everything at every given moment and never forget shit. So it's like, okay, we're cool. Um, I have no problem with doing that, but can you write it down for me? You know, and and, but it's, it's amazing that that kind of stuff still happens. You know, I mean, in reality, I mean, we only retain so much information, and especially in the corporate world, the only thing that's consistent is change, and it's that that constant change really messes with somebody's psyche, especially if you've been doing it for such a long time, and then all of a sudden, it's just you're just expected to know how to make that change like that. Yeah, without giving any information as to how or or what are the new expectations with that change, you know. It's one of the things with rules is that they kind of create this foundation for you to work within, you know, in the corporate world, it's like, you you need to show up at this time and leave at this time. Okay. I can work with that. I know what the expectation is. Um, It's when you don't know those expectations that you start to ruffle the edges for somebody else. And then they're like, what the hell are you doing? And it's, it's like, well, define it for me, make it easy for me you know, communicate your expectations. I'll communicate mine. We'll come to some mutual agreement and it'll all work out, you know, to your point, write it down for me. If you want me to remember, write it down so I can go back and reference it. It's not that hard. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> it's really not. And one of my favorite things is, you know, they'll send out, you know, an email two months before it happens or something happens. Um, and like, I told you about this in an email, how long ago? <laughs> <laughs> you know, most retentions and emails for a corporate only has a 30 day, you know, retention policy and it's deleted. So did you send it to me as a calendar invite or just a, Hey, heads up. Right. You know, and, and when we set up meetings for people, a lot, a lot of people will follow up the, you know, two days before one day before to ensure that the person will be there. They'll be on time. And, you know, I've, since I have my own business, I always do that. I always follow up with people and say, Hey, are we still on for, you know, this Thursday, Hey, are we still on tomorrow? Uh, rarely will I be like, Hey, it's the morning of, are we still on today? Um, unless they've been flaky in the past. Yeah. 
but it's it's setting that expectation of hey i'm gonna be there i need you to be there and it's you know i i am one of those types of people where if i put it in my calendar it's gold i'm gonna be there and i have that weird expectation that other people do the same thing which is not always the case and so i have to always check in with myself did i communicate with them and say hey it's in my calendar i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna follow up with you and make sure you're gonna be there because i don't want you wasting my time i don't want to be wasting your time and so you know it's it's totally reasonable for people to do that it's it's communicating it's setting those boundaries setting those expectations so you said um or at least what i gathered um that the the majority of the reason why we get upset in this world is because expectations are aren't met um do you think that applies to every reason where you know we get upset or is that the just the main root of the you know the issue underlying i mean what exactly do you mean by that i personally believe it it comes down to absolutely every reason that we ever get upset um, i have not found an example where i haven't been able to prove that by all means if somebody has one shoot it my way but i you know it's kind of like the two sides of a coin um you know you think about like the laundry scenario you know they're upset because you didn't do it in their time frame but they didn't even know they had that expectation mm -hmm. you know when a, and all the way to you know a parent dies and you're upset well you're upset because you wanted your parent to be around longer you wanted you thought you would have more time you thought you'd be able to share more you thought you'd be able to see them you know for a longer period of time there's many many reasons to be upset but they're all expectation driven and you know i'm if hey if i'm wrong i'm wrong but um, every example I've ever played with, because, um, you know, I'm writing it down in a book. I want to make sure that I'm correct. So I just started playing with so many examples. And I'm like, yeah, there's there's an expectation behind it. I so. mean, but like. Oh, I, all right. So let me throw one at you that immediately came to my head. Some random guy that you don't even know, you know, um, you don't know, his, you know, why he's upset. Let's just say, for instance, you cut him off or and you're in a parking lot of the Walmart. Okay. You get out of your car and you're thinking nothing's wrong. Everything is good to go. He just walks up to you and calls you a dickhead and walks away. Doesn't give you any reason. He just called you a dickhead and walked away. Mm -hmm. You're going to get upset by that. What, of course. How, what it, what it, where is the expectation standard in that? Well, the expectation is that people are human and decent. And a lot of it is going to go back to how you were raised. If you were raised to get out of your car, go to the store, do your thing, and go back to your car then you're not expecting anybody to deviate from that. Um, now, if you're the guy who grew up getting out of the cars and yelling at people and calling them dicks, then your expectation is anytime somebody cuts you off, you're going to expect them to walk up and call you a dick. But, um, you know, a lot of it just goes back to how we're raised. So, you know, I was raised, okay, my bad, whatever, let's move on. And so, yeah, I would be upset somebody was calling me a dick, but I also recognize that's something they grew up with. That's something they learned and they're having either a bad day, you know, something happened for them and I just kind of let it roll off my shoulders. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's absolute. There's absolutely an expectation of people being good. And when they're not, you're like, well, what the hell? Yeah. Why is this guy shitting on me? I didn't do anything. Yeah. So, I mean, keep the shitting on people in the bedroom. See? See, there you go. <laughs> right, right as I'm drinking water. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of expensive equipment here, sir. <laughs> That's why I sit away from my computer and have all my stuff over there. So if I spill something, I just ruin my 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 fancy IKEA couch. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and my my twenty dollars green screen. Um, <laughs> See, I told you, I'm always looking, I'm actively That's, listening, I'm waiting for that opportunity. It's more fun that way. Yeah. <laughs> and you just gave me, like, the complete, perfect R. Kelly setup, and I was very appreciative of that. You're welcome. <laughs> Improv. Um, that, again, that makes a, a lot of sense. Um, I didn't think about it like that. I was more like, you know, I have an expectation of not being a dickhead. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that doesn't even make any sense. So... No, the way you, you know, that, that expectation of common decency in people, that's, I, that's an interesting way of spinning it. I didn't yeah. think about it like that. You know, it's, it, there's this phrase that we all use, it's called common sense. And, you know, more and more, it's just not common for people to have common sense. But 
there's a different way of looking at it is that one person's common sense is okay for them and another person's common sense is okay for them. It's just how they learned that particular common sense growing up. You know, what somebody considers common sense, I might think of as like the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. And to them, it makes perfect sense. And so that's kind of the world that we live in is that we have to accept everybody grows up differently. They grow up in a different uh, culture, different society, different location on the planet. And so they have different experiences growing up and that's just going to make everything, their expectations about life, the universe and everything different, just as my experience of the life of life universe and everything is going to be different. So I can't possibly expect that everybody else thinks the way that I think or acts the way that I act. And so when they deviate from that, it's kind of like there's an acceptance level. And then there's that upset level where it's like, who the hell taught you that that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, you don't get out of a car and call somebody a dickhead. Like what, what's wrong with you? And, but they could be having the worst day ever. They, you just never know what's happening in their life and how they grew up. And it just goes back to that saying of you have, you just don't know until you walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. And sometimes I don't want to. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've been the guy that's been cut off and called somebody a dickhead in the parking lot of Walmart. Um, it, it was more about, you know, <laughs> just me venting my frustration. Um, yeah, and having to be that that sort that passive aggressive sarcastic guy, you know, damn, who the fuck taught you how to fucking drive? <laughs> I say that inside my car all the time. <laughs> I, I say outside my car, and that's a problem. Um, yeah, that's not that is not a good expectation to have for life. Do you just be able to spout off at the mouth at any given time? Um, not have a sensor button and really kind of worry about your well being and your family's well being in any given moment because you have no filter and you just vomit words as they come to your brain. Um, which brings me to my next point. Um, and I, you know, cause you kind of said it before, um, you know, you know, what made you come out and say it like that? What made, you know, where do you think you're coming from or who do you think you are to be able to say those types of things? And in this day and generation, you know, we're seeing, you know, events on a daily basis where that kind of stuff is happening, you know, whether it's your stereotypical Karen or your stereotypical Kyle or Chad, whatever they're calling the guy version of Karens these days are, um, you know, you know, and people just like me, you know, I, I do it cause I think it's funny, but at the same time, it's just what I do. But these people that are so impassioned that they feel the need to just completely like where, where do you think that has come from? Especially in this day and age of expectations to where everybody has their expectations set to only meet their needs. And they think they walk into a Walmart or a Target or an Applebee's and think that they're, you know, the way that they do business should cater to every single one of my needs, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you don't do that, where's your manager? Give me a haircut and where's your manager? You know, and that's automatically how it happens. Where, why do you think that has become, I hate to say this, but commonplace these days? Well, there's several things there. One is, again, it goes back to how they were raised and how they saw life. Um, or they've came up, up during their life with an experience where that sort of, uh, that sort of demeanor actually got them what they wanted. And the next time they tried it, they got what they wanted. And they just, they found this habit of, I get what I want when I become a Karen. And it, if you've ever done enough personal growth work, you realize what that person is giving up by getting that short-term little gain is their dreams and goals in life. They're going to get the short-term pleasure of, I yell enough, I get my thing. Um, but I'm not going to ever get my dreams of whatever it is that I ultimately want. Um, the other piece to that is, and I totally lost my train of thought of where it was, um, but it really comes down to how somebody was raised and they really just, they kind of get this sense of entitlement over time. Mm -hmm. um, they also don't, 
think about anybody else or thinking that it can be any different. Um, and when they're, when you're only thinking about yourself in a situation and you're becoming that Karen and kind of going after somebody because you want it your way, um, you kind of fail to, to see, you know, there's many sides to a situation. There's many views to a situation. There's many perspectives to a situation. You know, I, I'll briefly touch on politics here. If you watch the right and the left, they're shouting the exact same argument at the other side, exact verbatim words about the other side. And then what they hear is like, well, turn that around and look at yourself. Well, no, turn that around and look at yourself. It's like, okay, so a lot of that, I'm going to, I'm going to base the problem with politics right now on the news and how people are getting their news because you know, however you're getting your news is that now that's your perception. That's your position on the, about the situation and about the other side. Mm. So this side's got their view. This side's got their view. They're saying the same thing about the other side and it's created this giant rift in our country, but who's right. Who's wrong. The only way to really do that is to take a step back, look at the facts and actually understand you're looking at the facts and not made up facts or made up fiction or whatever it may be. And a lot of times it's really hard to get the actual cold, hard facts of the situation these days, which sucks because if you want to be somewhere in the understanding realm to say, okay, you're right and you're, you're right, but you have it kind of skewed. So here's the correct thing. Um, you know, that's great. The other problem is nobody wants to be wrong either. And I think this also goes back to a Karen, um, I'd say one of our biggest problems in the world today is that nobody wants to be wrong. And if you figure out you're wrong on your own, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or, oh, I had the wrong information. You'll kind of like maybe beat yourself up for five minutes. You'll be okay with it and you'll move on. But if somebody comes up to you and says that you're wrong and here's why, they will fight you tooth and nail probably to the end of their life because they don't want to be wrong. Um, and that's... I think where a lot of the Karens come in is like, I don't want to be wrong about this. Like I want to be right. Now I've got to fight you tooth and nail to be right. Um, oh, and I remember the other piece to that was, I don't think it's more prevalent today. I think our phones and video and social media and the news make it more prevalent. I think there's the same amount of jackasses back in the day. It's just, we didn't see them all the time because we didn't have our smartphones taking video 24 seven everywhere in this entire planet. So I think we're just being exposed to it more, but they were around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and to, you know, to dive more into your point about the whole like politics thing and, you know, the, the barking back and forth, you know, one of the biggest things that I've noticed, and I think this is like above all else, just the, just the complete hypocrisy and the irony of it all is, you know, four years ago around right about now, Democrats were sitting there saying, not my president, not my president, not my president. Republicans are saying, too bad. Yes, he is. You live here, president. Four years now, later, these same Republicans are now saying, not my president, bring back Trump. <laughs> and it's like, right. wait a second, you said four years? No, we, we changed our mind. We can't do that now. And it's like, okay. Um, so it, it's you're right. It's 100%. That's exactly what's going on. It's no, we're right. No, we're right. And we're saying the same things and they're just not wanting to actively listen and, and setting expectations for each other. They're setting expectations for themselves because it's not about what's doing what's right for the country or for each individual citizen. It's about what's doing best for your party or what's best for your corporation or what's best for, you know, you as the individual and not as a a group of people that need the help the most. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because I, I, I explore the mind. So I, I look at the perspective sort of thing a lot and I, I look at, let's just take immigration, for example, as a, as a topic on politics is, you know, I may be in the knowledge space of this country was founded by immigrants. It makes sense based on a lot of the things that have ever been said about the U S saying, you know, come over here we're we're accepting of all and our country was founded on immigration and immigrants and by all means come here become a part of our society become a citizen go through the steps etc cetera, etc cetera. and there are now people in this country who are like we don't want you here which goes against everything that the united states has ever stood for 
Um, now, who's right and who's wrong? And the, the interesting thing there is the perspective. Now, if I grew up with parents who always just hated immigrants and didn't want them around, then I would have a perspective of immigrants are bad, they're evil, and I don't want them around. Mm. So the the political policy of keeping them away is okay for me because that's the view. But at the alternate side, if I grew up with immigrants are, are fine, 99.9% of them are completely harmless. They just want a better life. And they're, you know, I've got neighbors that are of different cultures, of different societies, whatever it may be, are, are immigrants. Then my perception of immigration policy that keeps them away is not okay. Cause I'm like, why not? Why not? So you have these two completely different views and both of them are okay because of how the the perception is when you're raised and how how do we how do we convince the other one which one's right if both are right and it's a really weird dichotomy that really plays mind games with me because um you know i like to think you know because i was raised as being a human being a nice person and actually caring about others is the right way to be Whereas the other people might think, you know, caring about others is a weakness and it's a horrible thing, you know, who's right and who says that we're right. And, um, you know, I know it feels good to me. They probably know it feels good to them, but how do we come to that middle ground? And it's just the weirdest thing to think about. It's a, it's a mind fuck. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. No, it really is. <laughs> I mean, and there's no two ways around it. And that's where we are in politics. It's like, okay, yeah, we got Biden in office, but everybody that didn't want Biden now thinks it's the worst possible thing ever, whereas everybody who wanted Biden thinks it's the best possible thing ever, and vice versa with Trump. And, and it's like, okay, well, who's right? You know, and, you know, we can look at science and facts and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, when it becomes a subjective question and not a, a factual, there's whoever's right is right about what they think and believe. Uh, it's it's really weird it is um yeah because you're you're again you're not wrong um however i'm of i'm of the belief that you know um biden is better than trump but at the same time i i don't think you know biden's gonna make that great of a change and um he should just let kamala run the damn country because any (laughs) any person i don't care man woman black white you know hispanic whatever any person that can stand in front of a Supreme Court justice and speak their mind to such a degree that they actually make a freaking Supreme Court justice cry is obviously a fucking amazing human being. <laughs> and that's the type of person that I want running my country. That type of bitchiness, you know, like, listen here. <laughs> Telling somebody how it is, is is always good. So exactly, like that's yeah. So yeah, but no, I, I see your point. Um, it's uh, it's just amazing to me. Um, that it's went from one extreme to the other, and it's the same people just going back and forth, and they don't see the hypocrisy of it all. You know, it, it it's it's just amazing to me. You know that. You know, or here's another example. Um, and again, this it's, this isn't just applying to, you know, Republicans versus Democrats. This is applying to mask wearing and the COVID-19 stuff and, you know, what goes on in corporations like this. So I'm using this as an example, but if there's a broader scope of it all. So don't think I'm sitting there doing, you know, pointy fingers. Um, and I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the audience. Um, but another example of this is this. Um when everything started happening and the mask wearing and so on and so forth, Republicans and Trump were all like, you know, it's not real. Don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. It's just the flu, yada, yada, yada. And then the Republicans started, you know, or the majority Republicans, as to say, were Trumplicans. There you go. Um, would say anyone that's wearing a mask is just sheep. And, you know, you're sheep, you're sheep, you're sheep, you're sheep. Okay. Well, okay. That's fine. We're sheep. But so are you because you're doing the exact same thing that they just told you to do and you're listening to that from that one core person and now you're sheep too and you're calling us sheep no we're not sheep but didn't you do what they told i don't understand um it's it's just 
again, but that again happens in everyday life and not just with that as well. And the expectations that we have surrounding that, you know, is that whatever I hear that I believe in is automatically correct. And I don't argue that point. Um, it's, oh, I hear it. It must be true. You know, oh, just like that, you know, that sarcastic comment of, oh, it's on the internet. It must be true. And, and but a lot of people take that to a, a degree of realism that is just beyond any type of like actuality of like realism is like how do you even begin to think that that is real what made you think well i was told so but who who's your source um you know it's just it just it's mind-boggling but you know the same can be said for you know logical people versus the flat earther people <laughs> you know it's like and and the reason why i say it like that is because they say that they're logical and they, uh, you know, they, but they won't even listen to the flat earther speak. Those like, no, you're automatically wrong. I don't care about what your theories are. You're wrong. Okay, cool. That's fine. You can do that. But then the flat earthers are doing the exact same thing. And it's just like, now again, I say logical people because the flat earth is just wrong. I'm of the, the, um, I'm of that type of person. That's like, I don't even care what you have to think. It's horrible. I'm not even going to debate this with you because there's no, there's no logic in what you're saying. Um, and I'm that way too. So I get that point. And it just, it's, it's amazing to me that we have these set of expectations and no matter if they're not met or if we don't see other people trying to achieve those expectations for themselves, then everybody else around me is wrong. And I'm the only one that's right. Hey, I mean, you said it, it's right. It's, it's through my filter and how I was raised and how I grew up and, and my thoughts and feelings that are, you know, when the, when the evidence says that I'm right, I'm going to latch on to it because I don't want to even contemplate being wrong on such a level that my entire world turns upside down. And oddly enough, that's a survival technique from back when we lived in tribes. Um, you know, if you went against the tribe mentality you were an outcast and your chances of survival out in the wild by yourself went down to like zero. So, you know, for millions of years, we were lived in tribes where we had to like literally stick with the majority. Otherwise we were pretty much dead. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of ingrained in us that how we grow up, that's our tribe. That's the thought process that we have. The funny thing is nowadays it's so easy to just walk across the street to a new group of people like you can literally just jump on social media and unfriend some people and friend new people that have the same thought process as you. Like it's, it's no longer a survival issue, oddly enough. So it's, it's easier today to change your mind and be wrong about what you thought you knew than it is to kind of just stick with being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm going to say everybody who, who's like not willing to look at other information is an asshole. Cause it's like, Oh, you're, you're trying to provide information for me to make up my own mind and become more educated so that I can see all possible aspects and then make a decision. Now, screw you. It's like, okay, well, that's what that's called education. I mean, mm -hmm. we go to school and we learn things we didn't know before that sometimes our parents didn't teach us. And, you know, that can change the perspective of how we were raised. I look, you know, think of uh, Waterboy. Adam Sandler goes to college and is like, my mama said, you know, whatever. It's like, yeah, mama was wrong because she kept you at home and she didn't know any better. So, you know, now you're learning something new. It's, it's changing your perspective. So, yeah. Um, and again, that brings up another, you know, point that happened in my life, you know, yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, you know, being right, you know, or being wrong. We don't want to admit when we're wrong. We don't want to admit when we're right. We want to just take all the praise when we're right and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, um, Sunday night, me and my girlfriend were having a discussion about something. I'm not going to go into it. Just um, I gave her some advice and I said, hey, you know, this is what I've seen other people do. This is what I did myself. You know, uh, you know, see if you could apply this. However, then last night she comes home and she's bitching about the situation, not mentioning our conversation from Sunday. And then she came to this conclusion all on her own that she was going to take the advice that I gave her and run with it. And that's how she's going to proceed. And 
never mentioning once that it was my idea from the get-go. But I digress. And then after the conversation was done and she was calm and, you know, she was done bitching, I said to her, I go, can you just do me one favor? And she goes, what's that? And I go, can you admit that I was right? And she goes, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I, I, again, it's it's just funny how everything you're saying can really, you can apply it to real life. And, you know, when I'm at the very beginning, I'm like, okay, it, it makes sense of what you're saying. But then when you actually start getting into the nit and gritty and actually really thinking about it, it's like you can take any aspect of what you're talking about and just apply it to the stupidest little thing. And it it really just makes it all make sense. And that's fucking intriguing. Yeah, it's it's a deep thing if you really dive into it. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned your girlfriend in that situation because my dad is he's the type of person where you have to, you know, put the seed out there and then let it germinate for six months. And then he'll come back with it being his idea. Yeah. And you just kind of learn over time. It's like, great dad, go with it. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't ever mention like, yeah, I brought that up six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> you just missed it at the time. You know, See, it's like, I, I would be the one that say, I just told you to do that. <laughs> No, you didn't. I thought of it all on my own. Oh, okay. uh, but see if I do that with my dad, if I like, I told you that six months ago, it's kind of like pulling the thing out of the ground and starting all over. <laughs> so it's just like, great dad, go with it. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't need the credit if it gets the results at that point. So, yeah, that's true. Um, but no, again, I mean, in just the little bit of time that we've been talking, um, it's amazing that what you're like I said, I wasn't skeptical in any which way, shape or form. I was just curious about how you can look at it in a certain way to make it apply. And you really you've kind of really kind of, you know, hit a whole new aspect of things, you know, in a way that I never thought about before. And it's really, really intriguing. Um, I'm going to have to go pick up this book now. Um, I, I've read the expert excerpts of it. I, you know, I looked it up and I, you know, I've read a bunch of things about it. But I was like, how does it how does it apply? And I'm like, it's got to be a reason, you know, and it just you make all the sense in the world with it. And it really can apply to everyday situations, even something so small. And that's yeah. that's brilliant, dude. It really is. Well, and it, it's just like anything else. You start small, you practice and eventually you just get to the point where most of the time you get upset. You're like, OK, do, 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 do. you know, you go through the little workflow, um, which actually, you know, it's right there. Um, you can get that on my website. But um, and it's also written out in the book, kind of walking through it. But you get to go through those like steps really, really fast. And, you know, the more times that you can keep yourself from getting really, really upset, like you see yourself upset, you solve it really quickly, the more fun you're having in life. And if you have more fun over the span of your life, wouldn't you say that you had a good life? You know, I, I think so. So yeah. why not start with the little stuff? And then when you, the big stuff comes up, you're like, okay, this is just like the freaking wet towel, you know, yeah. and you can work through it. Very, very interesting. Um, dude, that again, that's, that's freaking brilliant. I, I, I knew I was going to learn something new. I just didn't realize what I was going to be, you know, learning here today. And you've changed some perspective on me. Uh, uh, yeah. That I'm going to apply to everyday life. Um, and again, like you said, start small, um, you know, so I guess, you know, and tell me if I'm wrong here, I guess the, the, at the end of the day, sometimes we need to adjust our expectations to understand that not everyone is going to set expectations and that sometimes we might need to dig a little bit deeper. Therefore, we're both on the same page. So like, for example, when she threw down the towel yesterday and I didn't get it right away and she didn't set an expectation of time for me. Should I, you know, me saying to her, hey, do you want me to get that done right now? Is there a reason why you want me to do it at this moment? Or, hey, when do you want me to get that done? And then kind of set that expectation for her. Hey, give me a time frame from now on without even telling her, hey, give me a time frame from now on. Therefore, we're on that same page. Is that kind of what your some of it is? I mean, obviously, there's more to it. But I mean, is that a good roundabout way about over communicating? Yeah, I think you kind of hit it on the head and in. in and the scenario you just came up with is you're taking responsibility for the situation. Um, 
you know, a lot of times we live in the world where it's, you know, victim mentality or uh, responsible mentality, where it's like, what part do I play in this? And how can I adjust the situation to benefit everyone? That's the responsible way to go. Mm -hmm. But if, if you play the victim, then it's like, well, you never told me. And then, blah, blah, you know, and then it's just the batting head sort of situation where if you take that first step and say, Hey, when do you need that done? Like, what's your expectation on this? And having that, that conversation, that'll solve so many problems in the future. And eventually, because you can't change anyone else, you can only change yourself. So either you'll become the master of getting other people to set expectations for you and you setting expectations for them, that they're just going to become used to it or they're going to catch on and say, you know what, this time I'm going to add my time frame and my why and all the other information that really helps with that communication. So absolutely. I, you know, I, th I think you'd hit it right on the head. So great. Um, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> it's working already. Look at that. Um, dude. Um, that's pretty awesome. Um, so guys click the link in the description of this video or podcast, whatever you're listening or watching on, um, to go to his website to learn more about the book and the flow chart and where you can buy the book. Um, it's definitely, you know, going to expand on everything we talked about here and more. Um, and also look at his previous book as well. Um, dude, again, the the things I learned here today and the things we talked about really were eye-opening. Um, in a ways, like I said, I, I was hoping that they would be, but I had no expectations coming in. Because um, I, I wanted, uh, you know, I was like looking at him like, okay, when their expectations aren't met. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and drop all my expectations and have hope that this is going to be amazing. And it really was. So, you know, thanks for exceeding my expectations today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for letting me exceed your expectations. <laughs> no problem, man. It was it was absolutely fantastic. So, again, thank you so much again. The links are in the bio of this video or podcast. Um, check out Ben Winter um, and the book. And, again, thank you so much, Ben, for being here. Thanks for having me. As far as everybody else goes, thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Have a happy Friday. And we'll see you guys on Monday. But until then... Stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stay heavy. See you guys. Peace.